Did you know that in fiscal year 2022, volunteers saved taxpayers over $277,000? Welcome back to the My Route Lab podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Rabelais, and today I am chatting with your Mayor Pro Tim, Jeff Winget, and we're going to talk about volunteering in the city of Rowlett. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Hannah. Appreciate you having me today. So excited. I mean, you are the definition of what it could look like to volunteer in <laughs> Rowlett. So you are a very busy man. So I really appreciate you taking the time away from work, potentially your family, your other <laughs> civic duties that you do, just to spend a couple minutes just encouraging and inspiring, hopefully, others to also get involved in their city. Well, thank you. I'm really glad to be here today. Wonderful. So I think my first question is, I would love to start this show by um, if you could share who you are and what your role is in the city. All right. So uh, again, my name is Jeff and I have been on city council since May of 2022, served as mayor pro tem during that time as a council uh, appointed position. By what is mayor pro tem? Like, what does that really mean in like English terms? So it's, it's <laughs> Latin for mayor for a time. Okay. Um, which basically I'm, I'm the Robin to the mayor's Batman, if you will. That's kind of gotcha. how I relate it. <laughs> I love um, that. In the event that he can't be there for an event or for a meeting, I step in and uh, fulfill those duties as needed. So what does volunteering mean to you personally? So for me, volunteering is, is something that I think we're all called to do in a way. It's, it's definitely a calling. Um, and it's, a, it's just a form of service to mm. reach out into the community to help support your neighborhoods, the community as a whole, your county, your state. I mean, anywhere that you can plug in, um, in schools, in your church, there's so many opportunities out there and there's so much need um, mm. across the board where you can plug in. And if you have the time and you have the talent and you have the ability, I would definitely encourage people to get involved and volunteer as much as they can. And how did you first get involved in volunteering with the city of Rowlett? So we moved to Rowlett in 2014. And when I moved here, I made a commitment to myself that I was going to volunteer in three different areas. The first was my church where I was already a volunteer and it was a church that was here locally, but we moved from Arlington and that was a long drive. So I had had a lot more opportunity when we moved here to be Mm -hmm. able to kind of step up and and do some of the things that needed to be done around the church. Um, The second one was in my kid's school. Um, So when we moved here, my daughter was my oldest daughter was just starting first grade, and we have four kids, so they've wow. all kind of gone through the Garland Independent School District, and um, just to be able to step into a role in PTA and just kind of be inside the school, helping out, being a good um, influence on these kids, mm. being a good role model, and kind of helping support not only the kids but also the staff and and faculty of the school is is really important as well. Um, so to step into that role as well, and then the third was to get involved in my city in some way. And so when I moved here, um, I kind of just started looking around, started kind of uh, perusing the city's website to see what opportunities there were out there. Right. And I, what did you type in in the city's website? I'm just so oh, curious. Oh, it was just volunteer. Go- honestly, it was or? just Google and, <laughs> you know, just a little bit of Google foo um, to just kind of find my way in. Mm. And once I landed on the, the boards and commissions page, I started to look through all the opportunities they had and gotcha. just kind of started to identify, okay, these are you know, areas where I might want to plug in. And and I identified a couple areas, one of those being the Arts and Humanities Commission. And I said, well, you know, I'm into, uh, I play violin, I'm kind of into music, I'm into, you know, creative arts and things like that. Let me see what this is all about. And I really had no idea what I was getting into at the time, but got plugged in, um, applied, um, interviewed with Mayor Gattel at the time in the city council. And, um, you know, I, I stepped into that interview and he said, you know, what, what do you foresee for the cultural arts and the arts and humanities mm. in Rowlett? 
And my answer to that, not, not knowing any better was I want to see a cultural arts center here. I want to see something great. Yeah. Um, because I came from Mesquite originally. That's where I grew up. Gotcha. And we, had, we had the Mesquite arts center. And so I envisioned something very similar for Rowlett. And he said, well, you know, our budget's not quite <laughs> up to par for that. At the time, I think we had like a $4,000 operating oh, budget. Oh, wow. Yeah. So not exactly at the level of being able center. to build. Yes. Yes. So, um, at that point, it was just uh, get leaning in, kind of understanding what the commission does, um, mm. all of the uh, contests and um, grants and things that they put on and sponsor throughout the year. And that has grown so much since I was on the commission. Um, you know, I joined, like I said, in 2015, I believe, was on there five or six years. And um, during that time, we started developing additional contests. We started the Rowlett Sings competition. Which is Saturday. Oh, I guess we'll get this podcast will be released later but which ha will ha have happened already <laughs> that when you're hearing this and they but can watch it on youtube they could watch it on youtube yes that is right thank you true <laughs> <laughs> it was just a new way to kind of open the door for the arts in in rowlett to be a part of kind of everyday life and what we were doing in addition to that we worked on um, capital art projects so some big art pieces around the city we had a very generous donation from one of our residents uh, Tamara Williams she donated a couple art pieces to the city and oh, that kind cool. of fostered that art program so if you're driving by fire station 2 or fire station 4 and you see the either tangerine or blue colored art pieces that are there you will know that those were um, what really launched our art program to be something great so obviously very grateful to her it was a, it was a special time um, and then from there, uh, just continued to get involved, continued to plug into what was going on, kind of started coming to city council meetings periodically. And although that's not necessarily a volunteer type role, I considered myself like um, a representative for, mm. you know, my neighborhood, my community of, of what our wants and needs were and just right. listening to what was going on and kind of just, again, getting plugged in. And so in 2017, I ran for city council, but didn't win. Um, but that was a huge period of growth for me because mm. for me, I'm, I'm a bit of an introvert and to come out of my shell. Really? Kind of, yeah. I, I know that may not <laughs> seem not that way. Would not guess that. Wow. <laughs> de definitely an introvert. Um, you know, things like this and things like standing up in front of people, very out of character for me. So um, it's just an, an interesting little tidbit that most people probably don't know. A little bit of an introvert. So, yeah. Wow. And you do so, you like are out everywhere. So do you just go home and recharge? And Pr pretty much. Yes. <laughs> go home, play video games, hang out with my kids and recharge. Yeah. recharge. yeah. yeah. So um, from there, uh, just continued to stay involved. You know, I was chair of the Arts and Humanities Commission for a few years and we continued to gr do great things. And, and for me, that was a really great volunteer opportunity. And, and the great thing about when I ran for city council was I never had to give that up. Mm. Um, our charter allows people who are on boards and commissions to run for political political office and not have to give up their position until they're elected. So that's great. Yes. Really, really good um, benefit of being in that role. Um, so yeah, just continued to just continue to volunteer in that way. How would you describe what a board and commission is to the, the lay person who has no idea how city government structure, like why would someone want to even join one of those? So what is it and why would someone even want to join? Absolutely. So for, for me, my perspective is it's similar to what city council is to like the county or the state level. So city council is your local representation. 
your boards and commissions are even more specialized local representation of what different facets of the city want to see with our community. So the different commissions that we have represent things like the animal shelter and the golf, the, the golf course that we have here. Um, they represent things like the arts and humanities. Um, so these different facets of the city that are represented through different groups or different bodies are all kind of um, encapsulated in these different boards and commissions. Gotcha. If, if someone has an interest in a particular area of the city like that, if you're, if you're a big animal advocate, definitely encourage you to get involved with the Animal Shelter Advisory Board because that board is going to best represent the needs of the animal shelter and the animal community within our city. And those who rescue animals and foster animals and all of that, that's where you can get plugged in and kind of help advocate for that aspect of the city. Gotcha. Likewise, if you're a big golfer and you are wanting our golf course to be the best golf course in the, in this side of the Mississippi, <laughs> then you need to be on the golf advisory board where you can kind of continue to advocate for the course, for the clubhouse, for, you know, the neighborhood around there to, to make that golf course the best that it can be. So all of those opportunities kind of help plug in, um, into what the city council does in making decisions through the budget process and, and throughout the year. And I'm curious if, as your perspective as a council member, so what is it like to hear, now you're on the other side, you are in that seat. How does it to hear these groups advocate for their issues? Like how do you take that on? How do you take that information and use that in y'all's decision-making, I guess? Well, the, the biggest part for me is we have to listen. Mm. absolutely have to listen. And, you know, we have a work session that we undergo with each one of those boards and commissions throughout the year. And so we're constantly kind of holding our ear to the ground to figure out what the needs are, what areas um, need the most impact from, you know, a budgetary standpoint. But the other part is to strongly consider what those people need. So when we're making a decision that might have to do with an animal ordinance, we need to be sure that the animal shelter advisory board is consulted to be sure that that plugs into, you know, and it aligns with kind of their mission and their role and what they want to see their vision for the animal shelter. Now, ultimately city council does have final say, but right. we need all of that buy-in. We need all of that buy-in from every stakeholder that we can find because we never want to be in a position where we're making decisions in a vacuum. Right. Excellent. And then how many hours did you, do you think that you spent being on the commission, the arts and humanities commission? Like what was the time that you had to allot for that position? That, that's a great question. Um, it's not actually a lot. You know, there's times during the year when we're running a particular contest that I might be on that standing committee. I might be responsible more for the mm -hmm. operation of that contest. But aside from that, you might be talking, I don't know, three, four hours a month. It's not, oh, wow. it's not a huge commitment, right? One hour a week, maybe. Absolutely. <gasps> Absolutely. Okay. Did you hear that, folks? It's only one hour a week. If Jeff can do it with four kids and has us all other volunteer priorities, you can do it too. Totally. Totally. And, it, and it's a lot of fun because it's mm. something that you're already passionate about. Even if you don't like where you work and you're like, man, my job is terrible, but you come home and you've got a great volunteer opportunity that you can plug into that you have a passion for, you can find happiness there. Absolutely. Yeah. And what would you say to young people wanting to get involved? Because I feel like when you look at some of the board and commissions, I love, you know, seniors in our neighbor, in our community, most of them are retired, maybe have a little bit more time to give. But, and I think that for me, I see that as maybe a barrier to entry for someone young. Because when I look and I'm like, well, I'm not really represented. Well, the, even the city even consider me since I'm young and I don't have as much experience as some people that are already sitting on the commission. What would you say to young folks who maybe are kind of seeing those barriers of entry to participating in a border commission volunteer role? 
Well, first of all, I definitely commiserate with that perspective because it is tough when you're young and you have kids and you're just trying to scrape by. It is difficult to Mm -hmm. have any extra give at the end of the day. So I I totally commiserate with that. Um, You know, we we have younger people that are volunteers on all of our boards and commissions. So there are people well represented, I think, kind of across the board. And an interesting fact also is that we actually have a youth advisory council here in Rowlett. That's right. Yes. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. So, so we have a group of high school age kids that attend schools all around the area. Interestingly, not Rowlett High School. We don't have any representation from there, but we have representation (laughs) from schools like Bishop Lynch and even Royce City High School. Wow. um, Rockwall, Heath High School, I believe, uh, Lakeview, Garland, North Garland. So we have representation of Rowlett residents that go to all these different schools, but it's our youth community. And so they know in particular what our youth are really looking for with with different needs throughout the city. So they're representing, they're providing advice and guidance, but they're also doing that extra volunteer level. So our our youth advisory council in particular runs a couple uh, canned food drives every year. So just another great way that they're plugging in and opening up doors that might not otherwise be opened. Right. Um, They also uh, run a voter registration drive. So they've done two of those. And that's another great way for um, them to get out of the community, be very present in what's mm-hmm. going on, raise awareness that they exist, and let people know that we are representing our youth here in the community, and it's not just uh, a bunch of people with gray hair that are making all the decisions, <laughs> right. right? So it's, yes. there are a wide range, a wide diverse um, group of people that are helping provide input and make decisions in the city. Thank you for that reminder. So there is literally something for everyone. Whatever interests you, like yours is arts and violin and music. So arts and humanities. What else do we have? I think we have a list of the different so we do. boards and, and commissions. There's several. So you really have to kind of find out where you want to be plugged in. But you can look at, um, I mentioned the Animal Shelter Advisory Board. I mentioned the Arts and Humanities Commission. Um, I'm going to go through boards that are more specific to different areas. Um, the next one is the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Commission, so the RDEIC. And that's a great commission to kind of solicit feedback from different aspects of the community across the board. So the diverse makeup of Rowlett, kind of pulling that all mm. together and ensuring everyone is represented. Um, the Golf Advisory Board, I also made mention to that helps represent Waterview Golf Club. Uh, the library advisory boards, one I didn't even mention, but we have a group that provides advisory services to the library. Um, in addition, we have the parks and recreation advisory board. So another great board that talks about what we want our parks to be, what we want our parks right. to look at, look like, what amenities we want them to have, those types of things. Um, the senior advisory board. So I mentioned the youth advisory mm-hmm. council. Now we've got the senior advisory board. So kind of representing what our senior needs are within the community. And that could be anything from transportation to mobility mm. to what we need at the community center. So kind of across the board, ensuring that everyone has a way to have their voice heard. That's what it's all about. And then you have boards that are state mandated, like the Planning and Zoning Commission. Um, interestingly, that is a state mandated commission that. that we have to have. They make hmm. recommendations based on zoning cases. And additionally, the Board of Adjustment. So Board of Adjustment is there to hear appeals after a case is heard by Planning and Zoning and City Council. So if there's a, um, a zoning case that needs appeal, it would go to the Board of Adjustment. Um, aside from that... We have the Economic Development Advisory Board. That's a great board that 
here's things like economic incentives and new businesses mm. that might be coming to town can make recommendations to those groups or those boards or, or those businesses and to help refine kind of what we want the makeup of Rowlett to be long-term from a commerce standpoint. So really good board. It's made up of a wide variety of people, um, not only residents, but members of our chamber of commerce, members of our um, uh, economic development team, members of our city council sit on that board. So it's, it's a makeup of different representation from around the city to really help refine what business needs we have. And I think that's about it. There's one more that's listed, which is the COAD, which is Community Community Organizations Active in Disaster. And so this was formed, I believe, shortly after uh, COVID, maybe even before that. And the purpose of it was really to uh, bring together all the nonprofits and kind of focus our efforts when there's a disaster. Instead of kind of having, you know, this church is trying to do this and this nonprofit's trying to do this, mm-hmm. let's really focus those efforts into one direction so that we're all rowing the ship in the same way. You know what right, I mean? Right. So when we're collecting resources and we're providing space for people to, um, you know, if they need a space to stay, to keep warm or to keep cool or whatever it may be, we're all doing that with the same mission in mind and not, you know, we don't have these pop-up things of different things around the city. Great. So let's talk a little bit about civic groups in the city of Rowlett. Um, I'm curious what your perspective is as being on council and how we interact as a city with these organizations. But from your perspective, how important are these civic groups that we have in our community on the impact of the nonprofits that have on our community in our city in general? So I cannot overstate this enough. They are vital organizations Mm. to what's going on in the city. Um, The city simply doesn't have the resources to do everything that these organizations are doing all by ourselves. It's just not possible. So when you talk about organizations like Keep Rowlett Beautiful that are doing lakeshore cleanup, they're hosting shredding events, they're hosting Earth Day events. These are all events and activities that the city needs. It's a huge benefit to our residents, but things that we could not do on our own. In addition, you know, receiving the funding to carry out that mission Mm -hmm. requires uh, specialized knowledge and and specialized grant writing and things like that. So when that group or any of those groups is going out and applying for funding from a state and a federal level, um, those are resources that we don't necessarily have within the city to be able to apply for. So they can go out, they can seek that funding, and then they can carry out the mission that um, that they are tasked to do. Um, we also have a couple food pantries in the city. So yes. we have Life Message, which is our bigger food pantry over on Rowlett Road and um, also operates a thrift shop. And that's part of the funding that they, um, you know, kind of self, self-generate. self Right. But we have another food pantry that's operated out of First Christian Church called Hope in Hand Food Pantry. And the operators of this food pantry are really just individuals from around the city and even outside the city. Uh, the, the two people that I work closely with and volunteering with that food pantry actually live up in, I believe, Wiley. Really? So oh, wow. they are down here making sure that this food pantry is functional and working and partnering with other food pantries in the area like Five Loaves and Saxe, um, gotcha. you know, different, different things like that. North Texas Food Bank, partnering with different grocery stores to make sure that they're bringing in the food. So it's, it's building those networks and those relationships that's something the city can't do all by itself. It takes a special group of people with big hearts to be able to carry out that type of mission. And if anyone is interested in volunteering in those types of areas, um, definitely reach out. I would be glad to hook you up and get you plugged into the right place. Yes. Um, When I think about other organizations that we have in the city, um, we also have, I mentioned the um, library advisory board, but we also have the Friends of the Library, which is a separate uh, nonprofit organization that helps support what the library is doing in their oh, mission. Fun. Yeah, cool. so another group. 
Um, from the public safety standpoint, we have VIPS, which is volunteering in police service or volunteers in police service. And this group of volunteers does a wide variety of things. So many things. So many things. So many things. <laughs> just watching them out there. I'm and just they do the stuff that no one really wants to do. Honestly, getting gas, washing the car. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's there's some fun anecdotes that go along with that too. Because anytime you get to drive a police car, you notice that traffic around you tends to change a little I'm bit. Sure. So there's a lot of fun anecdotes <laughs> about that. Um, and and then in addition, the community emergency response team, which is CERT, yes, really really vital organization to the city um, when it comes to responding to a disaster. You know, the things that that they do on kind of a more frequent basis are going to be things like line searches and we're going to be going out to different areas mm -hmm. where other agencies might need help but here within the city to know that we have a group of volunteers that can respond in the event of an emergency can take care of um you know taking care of our uh, police and firefighters that might need relief mm -hmm. uh, when they're responding to a scene things like that um, just having that group of volunteers is so, so valuable. It, it really can't be overstated. And these are people who just, they just love doing that. They yes. love doing that type of work. And again, it's all about passion. So mm. if you're driven by that and you're passionate about those types of things, definitely encourage you to get plugged in. Especially because they also provide training. So maybe if you have a passion and don't know where to start, they offer weekend trainings. I, I wish I knew we'll put it in the show notes when their next training is, but they do it twice a year. So this is a great resource. Just even know how to prepare your own self for an emergency response, but also your community. So great, great resource. Love what they do. Who else do we have? Oh yeah. Froz. You want to talk about friends of the Rowlett animals? Oh goodness. I couldn't forget them. Um, Froz. <laughs> yes. So friends of Rowlett animals is a great, great organization. And literally our animal shelter could not keep the live release rate that we have without the Friends of Relative Animals because so many animals are fostered by this organization and they're housed and kept for long periods of time. I say foster, and typically when you think of foster, you might think, oh, a week or two. Some of these people have animals for months. Because Maybe even a year exactly, sometimes. Long exactly. time, long time. And, and it's just because we don't have a choice. We don't have the space at our current animal shelter. Um, I believe we only have 18 kennels that are inside. Um, the number of outside kennels fluctuates depending on the weather um, right. from a shade standpoint, from a mud standpoint, all of those things impact the ability to keep the animals outside. And of course it's Texas. So the heat, you can't keep yep. animals out in the heat that long. So um, making sure that we have a place that those animals can go is vital. And, and this group is there all the time, literally the time. at the shelter, almost every day, volunteering, taking dogs and taking dogs for a walk, taking Which cats out huge. of their kennels, giving if them attention. If you love dogs, absolutely. just take them on a walk. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, that's an easier barrier of entry in my opinion and such a huge need and maybe takes 20 minutes. So even if you're on your way home, 20 minutes, just taking a dog for a walk, huge, huge impact. That's right. If you're a work from home type person and you want to spend your lunch hour at the animal shelter, they would be glad to have you. I absolutely. love that idea. Yes. So we are referencing right now um, the civic groups list that is listed in the May Mayor Spotlight newsletter. So there is definitely a lot of information that we just can't simply talk about <laughs> on on this podcast. So yeah, definitely check that out to get a full list and, ha and all of their websites, all of their Facebook pages are listed in this handy dandy newsletter. So check that out to learn more about the different civics groups. And these are just barely scratching the surface. There's so many nonprofits and organizations that do so much in our city. So a simple Google search, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the way, um, you know, getting 
getting an awareness of what's going on in your community is so vital. And and mm. for me, that's where it kind of all started. Um, I wanted to know what was going on in my kids' school, and I wanted to plug into that. I wanted to ensure I was really plugged into our church, and I wanted to know what was going on in my community ensure, and ensuring that I was, you know, playing a role in that, that I was playing a part in that. Yeah. Um, because I think it's our obligation, right? It's, it's right. all of our obligations to ensure that we're connecting with our neighbors, with our community, with our mm-hmm. city just makes everything better. If we kind of know what's going on, we can help understand each other's opinions, um, perspectives, what they're going through. We can, right. it builds our empathy. There's, there's so many things, um, more than I can possibly list, <laughs> <Yes>. that <laughs> just the benefits of volunteering and, and being in service, in action, out in your community. So what were some of the resources that you use to keep in touch with the city? Did you search out newsletters that we had or how did you receive information when you first moved here? So I'll be really frank. When I first moved here, I felt like the city was really lacking in communication and it was tough. It was really tough to find information. The website was a little clunky Mm -hmm. and there weren't really all the new newsletters that we have now. Um, At the time we did have a video that Mayor Gattel produced with with our city manager, (laughs) Brian Funderburg, which was really fun. It was very cheesy, corny, type video which was a lot of fun to watch um but but there wasn't much more than that and unless you took the time to sit through one of those videos it was very hard to find kind of more targeted information gotcha um and so one of my big priorities that i ran for in 2017 was really being the voice of the people and kind Mm. of connecting people back to their community and i advocated for a lot of things throughout that process and i noticed after i ran that the city really started to step up its game um social media accounts started really being formed and used on a more consistent basis uh the newsletter started going out on a more consistent basis um and the information just became much more uh front facing so instead of a resident having to like dig to find things it was more like here's the information it's kind of in your face you know that yes. that that kind of pushing information out versus trying to get people to dive in is kind of you know what my frustration was and i mm. was so happy to see that if nothing else i hope i had at least some impact in making that happen and um you know now there's tons of resources great right. great resources um obviously the friday at 5 that you do this podcast is revolutionary for our city. It's not something that existed before. Um, All of the newsletters that go out, the mayor's spotlight, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the Friday at five is available not only as a video, but also as a document as well. And a podcast. podcast. You will know what's going on. (laughs) If you, whatever you want, we have, I feel like. That's right. And and we have a team that's making sure that that's happening now. And that, and that's critical. That's key. And not just a team, but a team of really talented people from my perspective. Well, thanks. Yeah. Brag on you a little bit. Yes. Also Drew. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Drew's great. Um, and you know, Denise and, and, you know, the work that she does. And now that we have a PIO with our police department, a public information officer, anyone that might not know a PIO that's vital to pushing out information in times of an emergency or a crisis or anything like that. Having someone that can, that's dedicated to putting out a press release. And it's not an afterthought of a detective who's Mm -hmm. trying to do investigative research and things like that. So all of these resources that we have now to help push information out to residents. Now, that being said, if you're a resident, you do still have to, you know, be on the lookout. You, you do still have to, to follow us. Right? You still have to turn on notifications. Right? That's what I'm like, you know, we have it. I've almost sometimes feel like we have so much information, but yeah, it's, we, you have to meet us halfway. Absolutely. For Absolutely. sure. So hopefully you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, all the things <laughs> to stay up. We do post a lot. So 
We do. And it's good information. And you'll find a lot of your city council members out there that are posting on a pretty consistent basis. Mm -hmm. Um, You'll see your mayor out there posting on a very consistent basis of information that's going on. And it's kind of all across the board. Um, you know, our mayor, uh, Mayor Margolis, he posts a lot about, you know, traffic incidents yes. and, Hey, this, this thing is happening with our fire department and Hey, you know, we've just had this, uh, crime incident or whatever. And, and it's just across the board. So mm-hmm. if you follow these different people that are within the city and follow the city's social media pages, you can definitely stay plugged into what's going on. What do you, cause you also have a council mayor pro tem page yourself. What do you like to focus on posting? So I try to get, uh, be as transparent as possible with what mm-hmm. the council's doing. So whenever we have a council meeting, I'm trying to put out a copy of the agenda so people are aware, hey, things are happening. Right. This is what's going on, right. um, what you can expect to see. But also I like some of the feel-good stuff because there's so much negativity in the news, yes. unfortunately. I really like some of that feel-good stuff that you can kind of say, hey, I'm proud of my city. Um, you know, one of my big things was to get Rowlett out of the news for all the wrong reasons. Um, we we <laughs> yes. have been in the news over the past few years for a lot of different things where you just kind of either do a face palm or shake your head <laughs> or, you know, it's just like, yeah, that's Rowlett for you. Yeah. I want to get us out of that kind of news and I want to be recognized for doing great things here. And what was really cool for me was a couple of weeks ago, uh, Judge Kilgore, who's our uh, chief judge here in, yes. the, here in the city, um, he got recognized by, I believe it was Channel 8. Um, yes, WFAA yes, yes, he did. For the work that he was doing with uh, the veteran redirection program. So, um, you know, things like that. Those are the types of stories that I want us to be on the cutting edge of like doing the next great thing for mm-hmm. DFW and not not being embarrassed for mistakes that were made or shortfalls that we had or anything like that. I mean, or people we, don't even know where we are. That's like right. Someone's like, you, where's Rowlett? I'm like, <laughs> we're in Dallas County. Or we're on the, we're on, we're in both Rockwell and Dallas County, but yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So it's, it's great. Um, you know, you know, having that, having that connection to, to my constituents, the people that are following me on Facebook is just a great way for me to kind of keep my ear to the ground a little bit. Right. Um, we have a couple Facebook groups here in the community as well, where people can get pretty vocal and that yes. helps us really pay attention to what's going on because, you know, a lot of people don't know where to go to solve a problem. Right. Um, they're, they're leaning into social media to do that and they see, oh, the Rowlett Texas Facebook page not realizing that it's it's a group that they're following mm-hmm. and it's just a group of, of citizen volunteers or citizens that have volunteered to administer this page it has nothing to do. You are one do. of them. So another I, I active am, service for the city. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it's, has nothing to do with, you know, the city government itself right. or any of the departments within the city. And so I try to kind of connect the dots and say, okay, I see you're having an issue. Let's address that. Let's get plugged into how we can solve that problem. Get you to the right right place. So the city has an action center that people can call. They can email. Um, There's a website where you can submit requests. So even as something as simple as I've got a pothole in front of my house, you can go on the action center website. You can submit that information and um, hopefully get public works out there to get that patched. Yes. So all those all those resources exist. It's just getting people into the right place. Well, if you're interested in applying, because you have to apply to be on a border commission, um, I believe those applications open up sometime in June. We will definitely share that stuff in the show notes. Um, and then council and the mayor, I believe, then make a decision on who actually gets approved to be on that border commission, correct? We do. And so typically there's uh, several openings, you know, people as they kind of grow and things change in life, they Mm -hmm. either decide they don't want to be on a commission or they don't have the time for it or they can't make the commitment or 
whatever, et cetera, et cetera. And so we have these openings that, that come about. And through those openings, we get people to sign up. It's an application process similar to you, what you would do applying for a job. Um, right. little, little less detail, <laughs> but we like to ask you things about, you know, why is, why, why is this a passion for you? Um, mm-hmm. What background do you have in this field that you're applying for? And you do come in and you interview with the city council. And we had a, we had a really good problem to have last year, was that, which was that we had more volunteers than we had slots. And so, yes, definitely. Go Rowlett. Yes. And so I'm hoping that we'll have the same thing this year. And, and although it is unfortunate to have to tell anybody, I'm sorry, we don't have room for you. We're going to do everything we can to get you plugged into the right place within the city. Because right. again, boards and commissions are just one facet of the volunteerism that we have between all right. the nonprofits and all the other avenues that you have to be to, to be a servant within your community. And that website is Rowlett.com slash serve to learn more about that program. Perfect. I'm glad you know that because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I peeked and it's also on my little screen over here. Nice. Um, and then, yeah, if you want to learn about additional volunteer opportunities, rowlett.com slash volunteer is the resource there. Um, so if people want to stay connected with you or to reach out to you, what is the best way to do that? So you can always email me. My email is jwinget, W-I-N-G-E-T, at rowlett.com. That's probably the best way. You can find me on social media at... Facebook, and I don't know what my handle is. It's Jeff Winget Rowlett City Council Place 2. If you search, you'll, you'll probably you'll find, find me. Him. <laughs> you'll probably find me. Um, you can also, you know, find my personal page there as well. I do have a Twitter, but I'm not much of a twit, so I don't do much <laughs> tweeting. Um, so, yeah, primarily uh, email is the best way to get a hold of me. Um, and you know, I'm very responsive to email, try to get back within, within at least 24 hours. You are very responsive. So thank you. Another (laughs) prime example, why you're the best volunteer, (laughs) not volunteer, but volunteer at the same time. (laughs) Awesome. So anything else? I don't think so. I think that's about it. That's it. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the My Rowlett podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform. So you don't miss an episode. And if you have any questions or would like to submit a topic, please email us at podcast at rowlett.com or tag us on social media using the hashtag myrowlett. See you later.